and drives you so much that you have to be chaotic. Mm -hmm. You have to make everyone around you chaotic. Right, and that's why Will is and has always been chaotic evil. Lawful evil, thank yeah. you. So yeah, that, that's exactly what I'm saying about this. As he slide. twists his mustache. <laughs> it's gonna get huge. Welcome to Monsters and Multiclass, your Dungeons and Dragons fix. I'm Kevin Odie. I'm Jared Bornigal. And I'm Will Melvin. And we'll be hanging out with you for the next hour to talk about anything and everything DD related. This week we're taking a look at the Paladin Wizard Multiclass, and then later on the Slotty from the Monster Man. So pull the chair and stick around. So this week, our multi-class is the Paladin Wizard. Paladin got a strength and charisma requirement to multi-class in or out of. And then Wizard, Intelligence of 13. Paladins are a martial class with half spell casting that's mainly used for their divine smites. Whereas Wizards are the quintessential spellcaster in D&D. They get the largest amount of spells of any class usually kind of shoehorned into just having intelligence count. So right off the bat, we got an extremely mad class uh, with strength, charisma, and intelligence. What are some first thoughts from Kevin? So this is falls into one of those odd ones where let's, let's some hypothetical scenario where three idiots get together and decide we're going to make some publicly available content where we discuss in depth every possible two two-class, multi-class option, and God forbid, for some reason, we're going to do it in podcast form. And we're going to randomize it, and we're set these silly rules for ourselves to have to go through all of them and talk in depth on all of them. This sounds like it's going really just into a bad place. Let's see where it goes. Yeah, so some outlandish situation like that, those three idiots could probably come up with some things that are, you know, okay, sounds, oh yeah, that's kind of a neat combo, and like, yeah, I could kind of see that working. But if you look at it from a practical perspective... I cannot really see recommending this in any way, shape, or form because you always compare it to Paladin Sorcerer. Hmm. Yeah. And I don't see, I, other than maybe if you're chasing one or two abilities, I don't really see why you would ever pick Paladin Wizard over Paladin Sorcerer. Yeah. A lot of times when we do this, I like to kind of think about it in a bubble where it's like just focusing on this multi-class. What can we do? Can we make it work? And is it worthwhile? Because there's always going to be one person who comes from the woodwork and says, I have a great reason to play this multi-class. So, you know, like I try and avoid that, but you are right, right off the bat, comparing it to the Sorcerer Paladin is just going to be bad. I mean, this is just so many requirements in comparison to just having it a full charisma spellcaster. Well, Will, anything redeeming about this right off the bat for you? What about a Dex Paladin? (laughs) <laughs> we'll get there bud <laughs> yeah. all right so they could dump wisdom yes yeah <laughs> and constitution obviously oh yes of course well Who you needs constitution you can't dump constitution but you can definitely well when you form multi-attribute dependent you're not just <laughs> yeah. setting the stage on fire man have we actually had one of those yet like yes. ranger monk or something where we did yeah i think ranger oh monk except was for the, those line no. up on decks there was one that we those definitely had wisdom too man was fun. oh like paladin ranger that would be strength dex wisdom and charisma yes paladin ranger we had to do i don't remember i must have blocked it <laughs> <laughs> anyways i'm already derailing us <laughs> all right so you're obviously going to have a lot of traps with this one. I mean, just right out the gate, you've got a class that mainly relies on strength and charisma for everything. Um, but, I mean, the one benefit that I'm getting is that wizards increase your spell casting, so that's more smites per day. 
Sure. So how can we make a character centered around <laughs> that idea? <laughs> uh, make him a bard or a sorcerer. Fan. All right. All right. Kevin, you're <laughs> right. no help. Let's, let's take it back then. I'll get to mechanics. I've got some ideas that aren't going to be good. They're going to get shot down, but that's okay. How about <laughs> role-playing? Why would a paladin ever want to go into the arcane? They wouldn't. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So why would well, a wizard? There's, there's always the, the simple idea of they find a spell book and they find a really interesting. It's it's a little dull. I think it's quite literally the example in the player handbook, right? For multi-classing, or like you have a a friend in the party who's already a wizard, and you're like, yeah. "Ooh, how interesting! I, I mean, also want to be a wizard." But teach now, some stuff. Yeah, but now you're like multi-classing into wizard so that you can just be a worse your friend. Right. That's not really <laughs> worthwhile. Right. Uh, the war magic. War wizard. I'm, I'm drawing a complete blank. War magic is correct. Yes. Yeah, the war magic one. I, you can kind of build an interesting character around that. I guess RP-wise, we're in the sense like they're this elite soldier. A paladin war magic wizard. Right. I kind of got the same vibe from uh, Bladesinger, the, uh, <laughs> the usual martial wizard class. Yes, but they're dex-based. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like one of the worst possible combinations, even though it's, it seems I, I, initially like We'll a get good to idea. the math later, guys. Yeah. I initially did wrote it, a note down. It, it does seem like they, they could be a little interesting, but I just feel like you give up so much. So it's actually better stats than you have now for your paladin rogue. If you went a human, straight human, you could yeah. do it. You could get um like basically 14 strength, 16 dex, 12 con. Uh, and this is with point by how we always do things. 12 intelligence, or no, sorry, 14 intelligence, because that's, you know, one more than you need. Dump whiz to like eight, and then I think 14 charisma. Yeah. Uh, so that's like that actually sucks, an option. Dude. No, it sucks, but that's like about what your character has right now, isn't it? As a paladin rogue, rogue. Who's an arcane trickster. Who's an arcane um, trickster. 13 strength, 16 dex. 12 or 14 con i don't remember what around there yeah wisdom's at 10 intelligence is at 8 charisma's at 14 right so, so yeah it's like i mean not like a huge difference um you can actually do it because i was you, really you curious can, yeah. because bladesinger and paladin i mean those are the only things that like have some reason to line up because at least bladesinger you know you've got a reason to have a sword um but you have to be a dex paladin which already sucks uh, your AC is never really going to get that high, except for when you are using your blade song. I think you could get it up to 18 and that's at like, well, I guess it depends yeah. on what your intelligence modifier is. It's getting a little bit into the numbers, but it does work. You can do it. And with the blade song, I mean, you're getting some stuff. You're getting more smites, which is always good because you, as you level up as a wizard, right. you get more smites. So even just like a two dip into Paladin as the blade song, if you can really center your entire class around it and just have garbage or mediocre stats the entire game, you can do it. But why would you? Like the I don't entire know. flavor of <laughs> the Blade Song class. And Blade Song is Blade Singing is probably the most flavor defined class in the game. Yep. Like that's they're like a response to a paladin. It came out of the Sword Coast Adventure Guide, correct? Yeah, yeah, okay. that's correct. Which is like very much like these are a bunch of flavor subclasses. I think the uh, purple dragon knights, the fighter subclass that yeah. I, I don't think we've touched once. The yeah, no, the barbarian <laughs> where their whole thing is they wear spiky armor. <laughs> I don't oh, remember that, that one. Guy. I forgot his name. Well, it's, it's they're they're supposed to be restricted to dwarves. Yeah, yeah, and that was the whole point was the blade singers restricted to elves. Um, what I came up with stat wise had to be a human because you need plus one to everything or else 
it's going to be impossible to hit. So um, if I was like an elvish village that wasn't that had no paladins, I would invent blade singing. That's what I that's I think like where the elves came up with it. It's like, you know, those paladins are pretty dope. <laughs> Let's teach our wizards to do that cuz nobody goes to the temple anymore. Uh yeah, but then they can't smite. You say so it's really just dip in two levels against mm-hmm. smite. And if ten so points the, of land hands, ten points of land hands, and, and say I, I really again I was I was I was reaching for all of this. So um, the only one that made sense to me was like Oath of Vengeance, where you're a wizard, blade singer to start. All of that makes sense. Something bad happens. Something that makes you take an Oath of Vengeance. You go two levels into Oath of Vengeance, you get Divine Smite, and never look back. So you don't actually take your Oath of Vengeance. You That's just third level. <laughs> no, you just. Oh no, no, no. Oath of Vengeance is is that at third level? Sacred Oath is third level. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Three levels then. We'll go three levels. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. You still get some decent stuff. So yeah, you get divine sense. Eh. Whatever. Ribbon ability. Yeah. Ten points lay on hands, which fifteen at that level. Yeah. Fifteen at third. Small, which you, you yeah. were kind of scoffing at, but I mean, it's a easy good way to just get people up if they are down one point of lay on hands or someone's disease or poison five points to cure it. If you have no one with healing word in your party, you're going to really love that that action for one point of healing. Yeah. A fighting style, and the blade singers can't do two-handed weapons or Correct. shields or anything right. like that. So you could take the dueling one, which is plus two if you're just holding a one-handed weapon. Or even defense, which gives you plus one, one to your AC. If you're wearing armor, I think. And you yeah. can wear light armor as a yeah. bladesinger. You can't wear medium. Right, or heavy. Yeah, so that right. also, that's kind of a thing against the bladesinger power. For sure. Because There's so much yeah. against it. I mean, if we're going to sit here and talk about everything wrong with it, it's the list is long. Yeah. But <laughs> if you're trying to do something, I see that one being okay. Yeah, I it's, can see it being like, okay. Oh, okay, all right. You know, you yeah. you guess thought of this. Your thirteen strength is low wasted, but then again, right. in my current character is the rogue paladin. My thirteen strength is kind of wasted, exactly. Except for like athletics and crap, it's come up a couple times. Like it's good to not be bad at, but you are yeah. going to be mediocre at yeah. it forever. I escape some grapples because of it. Yep, sure. So then your oh, yeah, divine smite access to first level paladin spell list, mm-hmm. uh, divine health or immune to disease. And then your sacred oath thing, where if you take uh, Oath of Vengeance, the Vow of Enmity, you get your divine, uh, or Oath of Vengeance. Yeah, there's the, yeah, the, what is it what's called? called? Um, uh, 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 please hold while we look up stuff. Uh, it's the Vow of Enmity. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But what's it? Uh, it's part it's of a called larger... called Vow of Enmity. I know, it's part That's of like a large... Divinity. Lo- the channel Divinity. Oh, that was the word I was thinking. I thought oh. you were forgetting the specific. No. You were forgetting the big picture. Yeah. All right, yeah. You could give yourself advantage. As a bonus action, you could give yourself advantage for a minute. Against then, one creature. Yeah, and then resets on a long rest. Which is cool. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good thing. And then you get your, like, Hunter's Mark and right bane at first level not bad yeah if you keep going you get more but you probably won't but i mean again doing the math at eighth level oh i guess it'd be ninth level if you were doing three vengeance six blade singer that's when you get your second attack you're actually pretty good because you've got a ton of spell slots you can haste yourself yeah while blade singing you now have advantage on concentration checks so you don't need to take warcaster I mean, it's okay. not bad. It just takes a little bit to get there. Yeah. I think you're really going to have some weak spots from like uh, probably third to eighth-ish level. Like around there, you're going to be a little bit behind. But once you get that second attack, it's okay. You've got smites all day. And then? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't look further. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you get there, he's like, oh, shit, I just kind of Then you keep to myself. leveling as a wizard and right. you get the wizard spells and Three spell slots behind. and... Sure, but if you're making it a melee-focused spellcaster, 
Right. The you, melee's not, not going to scale like as you Well, it's still you can still do booming blade. Wizards can get booming blade. Yeah. Which is always yeah. the savior for these spell casting martial classes, which I hate, by the way, but that's <laughs> a different story. We could get green bro- green flame blade. I know, I know. The two of them are something, but man, I, I really hate those cantrips. Yeah, they're one of those the new ones all they ruin the entirety of cantrips. I just feel like they kind of take away from what a spellcaster is supposed to be. They blur the lines between spellcaster and martial almost too well. Where it makes it really easy to be like, well, I'm a spellcaster, but I can do just as much damage as that martial character with my sword. Well, you shouldn't be able to do that. Well, if, yeah, if you have enough points and strength or dax, which if you do have enough points and you're using something you're proficient in, why not? Like, what, what is a first level fighter versus a first level wizard? Like, what, what's really the difference there if they both have 16 dax and they're using finesse weapons and they're proficient in the weapon they're using? Just the class... Like, just the background. <laughs> it, no, it, it's straight up. It's just a, like, it feels wrong to me. There's no, like, mechanical reason behind it. I just think it's weird that a wizard can do just as much damage as a fighter by swinging a stick. Well, here's the counter that it's, what's the range of both those? Five feet. Right. Do you want to be within five feet as a wizard ever? <laughs> no. At all? No. Nope. Even, like, no. for a second. <laughs> right. Unless you're blade singing. You have, right. like, <laughs> six different spells to get out of that situation right. as a wizard right. for a reason. Right, mm-hmm. right, no, that's true. Uh, and, and actually, I mean, if you think about it, it's before fifth, it's the same because the like uh, booming blade does not do that additional one d eight. I guess we're making assumptions. Everyone knows what we're talking about. Real quick, booming blade is a cantrip, uh, wizard, sorcerer, and warlock spell list. You make a melee attack, and if you hit, then the target suffers the effects of your melee attack like normal. Then they start. They're sheathed in this energy, and until the start of your next turn or end of your next turn, not really a big difference. If they move from their spot willingly, they take 1d8 additional force damage. Right. At 5th level, um, as all cantrips skill up, if you hit with it, you do an additional 1d8 immediately, and then the damage that they move is 2d8, and it keeps scaling. Right. Like that. So prior to 5th, it's really the same. It just kind of has that rider effect of if they move. Mm-hmm. They're going to get hurt. Other than that, it's the same. And then yeah, you're a wizard or a sorcerer in melee range. Right. Which is kind of scary. Then you get to fifth level and it scales up to additional 1d8. But then all of the marshals or most of the marshals are going to get a second attack. Right. And then it's going to outpace it because they add their, you know, especially if they have like two-handed weapons and they're 46 plus their strength or whatever. Or even if it's just a rapier and it's a d8. So they're still it's still 2d8 of damage, but then they add their strength twice. Or right. Dex twice. Right, right, right. I think, I mean, damage-wise, it... it can stay close-ish to uh, a marshal, which I think is what what gets me, is like I would just expect a uh, a sorcerer or a warlock, and I know that there's Hexblade Warlock, but I'd expect them to like really quickly fall behind when it comes to just doing melee damage, but Booming Blade just makes it so they can just stay kind of neck and neck, and like it gives a, you know, a very useful ability. Uh, the, the Booming Blade being able to just lock somebody down We've talked about, even I think last episode, just some great combinations with that, Uh, you know, dissonant whispers that they have to run away. Now they're stuck 30 feet away and can't get any closer with a rogue being able to booming blade and bounce out of there. Once again, they're stuck 30 feet away and can't move. When we're talking about martial enemies, it's just really, really good. Mm -hmm. And it has a way of shutting them down that you just can't get from from martial classes. So again, I know it's not it's not broken. I'm not like about to ban booming blade at my table, but it just strikes this nerve that I'm just I don't 
like Boomingly. the counterpoint to that is uh your biggest complaint which i do kind of share it doesn't really apply because the sorcerers and the wizards of the world can't do those fun combos right so they get this just kind of gimped melee-esque attack while having to be dependent on like dexterity for instance right so it becomes really weak for the classes that it's uh made for sorcerers wizards and i guess warlock again warlocks can make use of it that one's fine but then for a multi-class it becomes really powerful yeah or it's like oh no but i am good at that anyways so i also get one d8 of damage and that's my counter it opens a lot of doors for us right (laughs) (laughs) it does it does like this this class right here would be awful without it yep (laughs) but if you can blade singing and uh you know you smite you booming blade before you get that extra attack at six level it's going to be really really helpful going to keep you at scale so that even fifth level doesn't totally suck right so i mean yes this class still not great paladin wizard but with booming blade blade singer if your dm lets you do it as not an elf and as a human uh and maybe there's some other some other classes that you can get your stats up there but it's it's not horrible i've seen worse it's no Beastmaster ranger <laughs> so do you really actually need to go dex if you're blade singing and that's obviously the intended flavor um, need to but, is a strong word, but if you want to, let's see, you can't wear medium or heavy armor. So that was right. my thought. Oh, cause so, the light armor yeah, requires so much you, stacks. Yeah. yeah that's wearing, kind of the big thing. Exactly. Um, so your AC would be absolutely awful. It'd Other, be I mean, mage armor probably. It would be mage armor, which is going to be okay. dex based. Mage armor is what? 12 plus 13, your dex? Okay. 13 plus dex. I might be wrong, but yeah. Whatever Around it there. is, it's a low number plus dex. You're going to be much better off just taking the the hit overall i mean yeah i mean you just can't get around that really but i mean when you're blade singing when your blade blade song is active in case people don't know what blade singing is it's kind of an esoteric wizard class i don't think most people use that you gain so two times i believe a day you can activate your blade song as a bonus action lasts for a minute or ends if you're incapacitated Uh, as we've mentioned before you can't wear medium heavy armor or a shield Uh, Or use a two-handed weapon. Or use a two-handed weapon. And you gain a bonus to your AC equal to your intelligence, which is good if you're a wizard, of course. Your walking speed increases by 10 feet. Also good. You have advantage on dexterity, acrobatics checks. Okay, whatever, that's there. And you gain a bonus to any constitution saving throw you make to maintain a concentration spell. Bonus equals your intelligence modifier. I think I actually misspoke earlier. I said that you get advantage on constitution saving throws. You actually just add your intelligence modifier. Right. A little bit less good, but still helpful. Yeah, it's still pretty good. Right. Um, a flat, just bonus to it. Right. Because the advantage could be, it could betray you. <laughs> Two <laughs> yes. ones, yeah. Right. And, and so this would actually almost be, I would think, feet-wise to make it even, your stats even lower. Start start varying human, maybe. I don't know. Or just accept lower stats. It's, right. It is okay. They're going to be very be low, though. Right. Uh, getting Warcaster. Yeah. Which gives you advantage on all con saves. So you get your advantage on all con saves, plus your constitution to it, and then the now the intelligence modifier to it. And are wizards proficient in constitution? Something is. What's I con- believe wizards get intelligence and wisdom. That sounds right. Paladins get charisma and, and wisdom. wisdom. Okay. Not that, you know, it, it just depends yeah. which one you go into first, but yeah. Uh, not too many things are proficient in constitution. I think dwarves... I know dwarves are. 
What? what? No, no, no race gives you a saving throw proficiency. Oh, yeah. What am I talking about? Sorry. What class? Barbarians, probably. Barbarians, yeah. I'm fighters? guessing, though. No, fighters are strength and dex, aren't they? Yeah. Fighters are strength and dex. I think barbarians. I think Rangers? Just barbarians. <sighs> this has been bothering me recently. I know this isn't a ranger episode, but rangers get strength and wisdom instead of dex. Why? So they, they don't get two main ones. Dexcon and Wisdom are the main oh, ones, the common ones. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That's hey, a whatever. very unwritten rule, but yeah, I think that's why. No, that makes sense. But it's Rangers. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> There's a time to break that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even like taking away Wisdom as the other one. Make it, I don't know, Intelligence. They seem smartish. Eh, whatever. <laughs> Another thing, it's if you just start start as paladin, mm-hmm. one level in paladin, and then immediately go into wizard. So like you're clearly planning this from the beginning. Maybe you're coming in like a few levels later, so there's not that awkwardness there at the beginning. Right. It's not a bad way to get your wizard and heavy armor. Yeah. No, I mean that's true. Um, which I mean is useful. That's an entire spell a day, basically. Um, plus yeah. a higher AC than you'd ever get with mage armor. Right. Uh, so you yeah, just need a, yeah, watch the strength requirements it te- which it i think caps out at 15. 15 yeah so it's not bad it's not good either but i mean wizards don't have many uh things that they rely on but now making it strength and charisma and intelligence and as we've said constitution can't really be ignored at least then then you can ignore dexterity and wisdom so I mean that's some Ooh. benefit, yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> Only four we, things you have to rely did, on, guys. <laughs> yeah. If I had to, what are the other ways to get your wizard into heavy armor? Uh, Fighter, fighters, the obvious, right? Which is easier, as we have established. Strength or dex, mm-hmm. but you do slow down your spell progression a little bit. Where if you go into paladin, it's <laughs> still kind of slowing it down. You yeah. need two levels in paladin. Oh, does it round down or round up? If you were oh, it's down. Yeah, right. yes. If you were two in wizard, one in paladin, you're considered a second level spellcaster. You don't. You're right. Get you're it right. You're right. One. Yeah, it rounds down, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah, I mean, one, two yeah. levels in paladin, whatever. I mean, that's that's besides the point. Yeah. Um, you still can get some healing. It's good. It's not you don't get way. some dumb. You don't get terrible stuff right. out of the gate with the paladin. It's very dependent on level scaling, but right. It's it's hard to compete with fighter because you know it's fighter. It's a great multi class. Yeah, that's yeah. not a bad way to get your wizard in heavy armor if they also happen to be a little bit charismatic. <laughs> My issue was I could not find any oaths or anything that just made sense for a wizard to want to go in. You know, it's not like cleric with wizard where it's like, yeah, okay, it's not a really good crossover, but at least there's the knowledge domain and right. the arcana domain where it's right. like, well, they do the same thing. It's like, yes, but if you really, 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 really want to multiclass the two, there's your obvious path. I don't see that with Paladin Wizard. I mean, even like Abjuration is one where it's like, okay, that's protection magic, right? Awful. Awful to go in for low levels. Uh, Like if you were trying to do like mostly Paladin, a bit of Wizard, waste of your time. Mm -hmm. The other way around, you're not getting anything out of Paladin. Right. So, I mean, I just, I wasn't finding anything. Oath of Ancients a little bit because it deals with like ancient magics and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They get their aura where the resistance to spell damage and things like that. So you could... Kind of like, mm-hmm. I mean, the it's supposed to be more like mate nature focused. Right. But you but could argue y- lore. You know, you yeah. Know, that's fine. I'm, I'd, I'd be down with that. I think uh, I tried uh, doing something for, for necromancy only because School of Necromancy, uh, the second level ability, Grim Harvest, you gain the ability to reap life energy from creatures you kill with your spells. 
Once per turn, when you kill one or more creatures with a spell of first level or higher, you regain hit points equal to twice the spell's level or three times if it belongs to the school of necromancy. You don't gain this benefit from killing constructs or undead. I was really, really hoping that that would work with Smite, but nah. No. <laughs> no. It doesn't. Of course it doesn't. Well, I mean, you know, there's some... There was, uh, in my head at the time, when I was really hoping for this to work, some gray area about whether or not Smite was a spell. It expends a spell slot. It is not a spell, though. It is a class feature that uses spell slots. So because of that, it doesn't work. That's what it specifically says when you kill a creature with your spells, which sucks. Because, you know, I don't know how it would really go over. Maybe like Oath of Conquest and School of Necromancy. Something about that is just like, I want to slay my enemies and bring them from the dead well, and make them Oathbreaker. work for me. Oathbreaker, yeah. That, that's... Kind of like they have a bunch of stuff helping with undead. Right. Well, right. saying a bunch is a stretch. None of this stuff <laughs> lines up very well compared to cleric, where cleric has to be very obvious. This matches to this. They can like yell at zombies and say stop. <laughs> Other than that, they're just mad. The oathbreakers. Yes. No, they get control. Control undead. undead. Um, the aura of hate at seventh level, where fiend or undead within them get boosts and. So it has some some overlap yeah. with undead, but like you, the you'd ability have to go pretty far into both for it to really come. Not to mention right. Oathbreaker isn't really a player class, as we've said before. Yeah. It's it's not supposed to be, but you know, well, it, what's it was like, not its intent. I want to say it's not supposed to be. It's right, just, it's in the DMG, the Dungeon Master Guide, which should tell you something. It's come up before, but like, what specifically makes you guys feel like this should not be a player class? There, I'm the aura or? of hate. Hey, man. Starting can... at seventh level, the paladin, as well as any fiend and undead, within 10 feet of the paladin, gain a bonus to melee weapon damage rolls equal to the paladin's charisma modifier. So that would go really well with necromancy. It would yeah. go kind of well with necromancy. <laughs> but you can't switch it off. <laughs> right, right, right. There, I mean, just everything about them is just... The intent is they're evil. An oathbreaker is a paladin who breaks his or her sacred oaths to pursue some dark ambition or serve an evil power. Right. So if you do a specifically evil campaign, mm-hmm. sure. Or if it's like a, a character thing where like for, you know, a couple of weeks you're an oathbreaker until you find the light again. That's really, that sounds a lot more fun than it is. No, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I, it just. Oh, here's a little sentence that proves, not proves it, but a paladin must be evil. And at least third level to become an Oathbreaker. It's like literally right in here. They must be evil. That's probably the only alignment requirement in all of 5e. That's There might yeah. be... There's a cleric one too, but I don't know if that has an alignment requirement. It's the not the great. Death cleric. Yeah. Is that's the, the other uh, subclass in the Dungeon Master Guide. Oh. Which again is also intended for like your big bad evil guys. Right. Not, yeah. Right, right, right. So, yeah, an evil campaign, sure. I mean, I guess. there's... Big old shrug. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you want to work it out with your party where it's a good or neutral line part and you play the evil character, it's like, there are ways to do that. We, we have done that. I mean... Yeah. But it's... I don't think that's common where it goes well. No. No, I don't yeah. think so. It requires a... First off, not to brag, but it requires, like, a player to be very, very in control of the situation. <laughs> An evil character will never get along with a good aligned care a good aligned party for more than like five sessions unless they're looking at a much bigger picture. Right. That's like the idea. I evil. like how he starts this off with not to brag, and then does not bring up the fact that he played this. He just wants the audience to just like kind of have the seed planted. Like uh-huh. I did this once and I'm amazing. 
See? <laughs> I look way farther ahead than you guys. Hey, you jabronis. You were de- evil? Yeah, Edwig. Was he evil? remember Edwig. Was the yeah. contract guy? No, that no. was Hatar. That was okay. the, the monster hunter. Ranger. Which one was Edwig? Uh, the Oath of Vengeance. No, yeah, he was an Oath of Vengeance paladin. He filed Earthnul. Right. Wait, was that the half-orc? No, that, he was, he was, was human. A, that was a, did you die? Is that the he's one that only died in Mummy Ride? Yeah, the one who died in Mummy Ride. He didn't last very long. <laughs> yeah, Not because a, the party turned on him. It was just really unfortunate. The party yeah. failed him because none of us had the spell that he had that would have saved him. Yeah. Rough stuff. Yeah, he needed like lesser or greater restoration. And the only one in the party who could do it was this paladin. And he was the one who was unconscious from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always. And we a were gamer. like six months out yeah. to oh, see yeah, or something. Yeah, it was yeah. it was something where it wasn't even the the yeah mummy rot doesn't even make you unconscious. It just it lowers your maximum HP. Yes. Does not let you regain hit points. Correct. The hit that gave me mummy rot dropped me to zero. Yep. So I got stabilized, but I cannot gain hit points and become conscious. So I cannot cure myself of the mummy rot. And yeah, we there was a very big point made that we were like months away from anything we like journeyed to this place and he yeah max hp hit zero on the ride home <laughs> that was frustrating yeah that was an ignomious end for him sorry yeah. about that but that's fine <laughs> the worst part was was like i i remember saying like you guys were like well is there any like civilization around and i was like you guys have literally no idea but like I guess the slightest faint inkling that there might be something in that direction, but it's also really far away. Cause like I did like pre-establish that, but I mean, the fact of the matter was like it lowered it by a certain D six amount every day. Three like D six or something. Yeah. yeah. Something we crazy. Higher level. Right. Yeah. So like, even if you guys like took that risk, chances are he was done for. Yeah. <sighs> if the character had actually established itself more, that's the kind of, time when you do have the deus ex machina available because it's kind of cheap and it's like mm-hmm. oh shit there's a f- boat from a mysterious nation would you like to flag it down like that's a huge risk maybe they have a cleric on board you guys we were, did have the money for it you guys were in an airship oh the airship so there wasn't much like <laughs> we could have landed on the uh landed on the sea though yeah 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 maybe or it's- a passing airship <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a unique experience but uh i don't you think you guys got an airship too I don't think uh, I don't think you would have uh, forgiven me for that. You would have been like, "No, that was cheap. You just gave that." You yeah, just would have been okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> he was fun while he lasted. Yeah, I mean, it was like five successions. It wasn't that. And now you can play your vengeance paladin again. Yeah, there you go. Now multi-class to a rogue. Nice. Who's a cat? <laughs> so wizard paladin. Wizard oh oh paladin, oh! Wizard paladin. Uh, those port and stone or something. Whatever. No. Yeah, <laughs> I thought about that. I, you know, like obviously divination wizard is literally always a good pick for wizard. Two levels, you can roll your 2d20, choose them once per day whenever you want to switch out a roll. Absolutely amazing. How does it fit with a paladin though? Oh, it's a redemption. How? It's super it's, useful. It... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's super the... useful, but like... I, I can see, uh, I guess you would need to reflavor it a little bit, maybe less. I see the future and I'm going to give you a boost and more like the oath of redemption, the idea is they're trying to redeem people mm-hmm. so there's kind of this flavor on them where they are very good at speaking with people and being convincing and and almost, it's kind of almost like a bard inspiration yeah it sounds in a like way. a bard sounds yeah. like a bard inspiration yeah a little bit <laughs> <laughs> i don't like that reflavor like i know you're just gonna do great with this champ as they set the d20 the 20 <laughs> on the table with a 20 up and then if they're feeling angry that's when they could demotivate enemies 
I'm very disappointed in you, young man, as I put the one on the table. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's really dumb. No, I don't like it <laughs> no, at all. No, I don't either. <laughs> I mean, like, the only thing that I could think of is that uh, overall, like, the divination wizard is flavored as, like, the ability to just, like, kind of not just see the future, but also what is it like scrying on people as well? Yeah. So like if for some reason you've got some greater calling to just kind of be a spy, you're some part of some organization and that's just one of the skills you need to have. Okay. I mean, that's, that's fine. But like, I, I don't see it being the, I don't know. Divination just really makes me think of like this supernatural connection to the realm and, uh, twisting the arcane to bend space and time. But really you're just like, Oh, I'm very charismatic. <laughs> I convinced them to roll poorly this time. <laughs> all right. Uh, all mechanics aside, I think wizard multiclassing into paladin could be really great. Yes. So paladin is one of those multiclass choices where if you don't start it, or you, you, we're going to say, yeah, if you're, if you're playing, playing through as a wizard and at some point in the campaign, multiclass into paladin, that is a very deliberate choice. Right. You are not going to stumble into being a paladin. You're not going to touch something and like, oh, I've been imbued with paladin powers. <laughs> Lucky me. It's like, smite. You, you, something needs to happen. You are so devoted to your oath. You pull a power and magic literally out of the fabric of reality. Right. I'm pretty sure the fabric of reality knows if you're bullshitting it just to be able to smite. Right. So, like I said, it's a very deliberate specific thing it is full of so much player agency it will completely shape their character moving forward because then to keep their powers they now have to stick to the tenets of the oath that they take right so it's a really interesting fun way to kind of reshape a character halfway through especially if you're feeling a little little bored of them yeah i mean that's that's definitely fair um the one thing that always i guess nope i'm gonna say no why all right, so you said it like halfway through. It doesn't matter. We're not even going to say levels. This is totally ignoring the mechanical deficiencies of this class. So you're a wizard. Say you want to redeem someone or get vengeance. Do any of the oaths of a paladin. If you have that feeling as a wizard, you're going to do it by wizard means. You're not going to start working out and praying or whatever. That's my it, it, counterpoint so what you where would, it's very forced. You would need the stats there. If the stats were already there, it could kind of fit. Which is the hardest part. Back yeah. to muscle wizards. So then that also brings me to another point. We are so ingrained in point by with when we make characters. Mm-hmm. We almost pretty much talk about it as a, that's the assumption. Well, but a lot of people don't play that way. A lot true. of people roll stats and get, get that stuff. And some crazy masochists will actually roll stats in order. They roll their 46 drop one and whatever they roll, that's their strength. Right. They, don't, they don't get to place it and just go down the list. But usually they then pick a class based on that. Right. So, and if, so you, if you had like middle 14, of the road, everything yeah, or 14 strength, 14 charisma, 16 intelligence. It's like, yeah, I, <laughs> I, guess, I guess, uh, I guess I'm going to die in the first couple sessions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, you're, you're right. If you're, if you're rolling, I mean, we don't talk about rolling because it just makes it a very difficult conversation to structure this around right because we're like yeah this is how you set up your multi-class but if you're like this is what i've been given so eh, it doesn't really work out well but uh, you know just don't do it (laughs) don't don't roll or don't do this multi-class either i'm kind of up with either but i won't tell people not to roll i think that's that's a different type of game that we have a reason why we don't play it and that's we just don't want that randomness right we we like 
the biggest part the idea first. I think is we play much more stretched out campaigns. True. Yeah. You're just rolling a one off. Like rolling really crappy or really crazy stats can be pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's but it stops being funny if you're stuck with that really shitty character for a year and a half. Right. And you've right. got the paladin with lay on hands. He's like, you're not dying yet, buddy. <laughs> one point, one point. You up. <laughs> that's what happens when you roll all eights. <laughs> threes. Yeah. You get I theoretically roll all threes. Yeah. I think it. No, there's there no minimum. Min? No, no. Nope. Minimum's three. Well, you can't, rolling. you can't do that though, because your character literally wouldn't be a person anymore. <laughs> three is the cutoff for sentient. <laughs> that's true. Um, I think the, um, the there usual might actually way, be a minimum. I don't know. I've never like ninety percent. Other than when it first came out, I haven't read the rules since. Usual way people do it is roll four d six, drop below. Yeah, and they could be four four ones. Yeah, they could be four ones, but four ones six times is. <laughs> if you rolled that character, your DM better have a good idea for it. Or your DM better be like, "Hey, man, that's cool. I saw that." That's not going to be fun. Are you going to waste that incredible amount of luck? (laughs) (laughs) That's like winning like nine state lotteries. I feel like I do the same thing the other way around. Where if a a person rolled all sixes, like for just 18s across the board, I'd be like, no, that's not going to be fun. You're going to be way too good at absolutely everything. So get out of here. Lame. Yeah, I know. I would like to think, though, the character that has all three is just the universe, like the real world, not the D&D universe, would just kind of smile upon him, and they would roll nothing but 20s. Yeah. And it would probably it would probably balance out. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. If you do double but, damage on literally everything, then you're good. Yeah, but all saving throws are still going to be and ability checks. Yeah, what's the... Minus three? I'm telling you, I think, it's, three, I think, I think it's eight is the minimum. I'm, I Minus swear four, to right. this. Minus four. I swear to you. I mean, it, it might be. It's... Point is, we, we haven't sucks. done rolling for stats in a very long time. We so play coward campaigns because we want everyone to be about the same power level. That's and not coward campaign. I'm just I'm <laughs> that's a really really weird way to describe it. Giving the hand wavy reason for people to not do point by. I honestly I don't know why you wouldn't want to do point by. These people want the randomness. It's a dice game. We roll dice. That's what we do. Yeah, yeah. you know, I think it's fun. Yeah, which is fine. You could have fun, Ron. <laughs> that was a joke no <laughs> alright I got nothing more for this class Blade Singer Oath of Vengeance that's your only bet nope that one sucks too it's not gonna be great but you know if you wanna do it go it for could it. be interesting you then get out out of combat utility which paladins usually are lacking in right you also can take just buff spells I mean Oath of Vengeance mm-hmm. gets you um haste anyways but if you want it earlier because you only need three five levels five, five levels in wizard yeah. compared to nine i think in in oath of vengeance that sounds right yeah yeah it's a long long way away to just for haste and you also you know again like you can get good great spells from being a wizard and not needing to concentrate on like your most important damage stuff you're just like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll just throw out this this storm sphere, leave it over there, and now I'm going to go beat stuff with my stick. Great. You're going to do fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it, it sounds like a flavorful character, Blade Singer, Oath of Vengeance. So, yeah. I don't even like the flavor, man. <laughs> I just don't like it. Too bad. You're playing one. <laughs> oh, 
Musty's dead. <laughs> you come with a Blade Singer Paladin at level five. What so happened to Musty? Be... Rocks fell. Everyone died. <laughs> Except everyone who was in Musty. He was so tall, his body shielded everybody. Oh, <laughs> That'd be so great. It would. It'd be a good end to him. But I, I did just buy a mini for Furbolg, so that was expensive. I expect it to be painted by Wednesday. It's not even delivered yet. I'm not changing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping to paint yours by Wednesday, but we'll see. Ooh. Probably won't happen. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We want to move on to the Summer of Frogs. Yes. Our Monster Definitely. of the Week. Uh, before we do move on, we have our promotional minute or 10, depending on how long we want to ramble. Uh, we're so good at rambling. We're very good at it. If you have not yet, please do uh, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Rate and review us. It's extremely helpful. Uh, follow us on Twitter. It's monsters underscore multi. We now have a subreddit where we're making sure people can find us every week. Um, whatever. You know, find us, rate and review us. It's really nice. Makes us feel good about ourselves. Will, anything to add? No. Perfect. That sums it up then. I think that was only a minute. Cool. Right, Probably let's move, less. Let's move on to our monster of the week. For this episode's monster, we're continuing our summer of frogs. Do, 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 do. Thank you for that. That was that was very nice. Right. With Slotty. Um, our probably biggest stretch in the summer of frogs, if we're just being quite honest here. The uh, Slotty. It's not really the Slotty. Slotty is the plural. Slotty are a terrible aberration from Limbo. It says toad-like in there. Does it at one yeah, point? at one point, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I guess they kind of, some of them look like it. Others look like terrible salamander monsters. Where this is just gone off the rails immediately. Sorry, <laughs> I sorry. said the name. <laughs> you keep going. I'll, I'll stop interrupting. That's, that's on me, man. <laughs> no, it's cool. I'm not good at these anyways. Um, where was I? Yeah, Slotty. But yeah, terrible aberrations from Limbo. Uh, created by... Mechanus, actually, of oh. the, yeah, the Mordons. There we go. I can remember names. Yes, Mechanus of the Mordons, setting uh, something adrift in limo to try and bring order to the land. For some reason, started spa- spawning Slotty, or the Slots. Really just terrible creatures. They transform people into other Slots, and that's how they reproduce and transform themselves. And definitely one of the better monsters, I think, that are out there, especially from the monster manual. There's like five or six stat blocks of just this increasing layer of slods of just terribleness. Have we ever fought a slod or used one? I don't think so. I don't think so either. This- I, I don't know. I've played a lot of D&D. Right. A little bit separate from you guys even. So I want to say I, we have at least seen this, but it was never played as a slot. It was played as a stat block. Right, 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 right. I believe that. Absolutely terrifying as both, to be honest. Even the the weakest one, which is a challenge rating five, the red slot, is probably going to mess up a, a lower level party's day. 14 AC, 93 HP. That's just going to keep going up as we go through these blocks. Magic resistance, which is pretty powerful at 5th level, where they have advantage on all saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Regeneration with mm-hmm. no way, way to, to stop, stop it. it. Yep, It's not like a troll where you burn it and you're just good to go. But the, One of the main differences, though, and all slot have this regeneration, regains 10 hit points at the start of a turn if it at least has one hit point. Right. Where a thing like a troll where fire could stop the regeneration, if it Even hits zero. 0, it will still come back. This won't. Right. That would suck if they accidentally forgot that word <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's got 
multi-attack, but it makes three attacks. Once again, really powerful for a challenge rating five. It's got a bite, 2d4 plus three piercing damage, a claw, 1d8 plus three piercing damage, and the defining feature of a slot is, as you mentioned, their way of reproduction. The red slot, specifically on a claw attack, makes the person who made the saving throw, a constitution saving throw, DC 14, be infected with a slot egg that they're not going to notice. It doesn't really say like, nope. oh, you get, you know, an egg protrudes out and, you know, you, you see it go into that person. No, it just quickly just puts a little happens. Yeah, they have, they have a little gland in their one claw, mm-hmm. which right. is really, really frustrating as a PC because, you know, it's going to happen where somebody fails that saving throw and they go, what happens? And the DM goes. Nothing. Nothing. What do you mean? Everybody roll perception. Perception. Highest is nine. You're good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um, The worst feeling. Or then especially even worse where if you're you're like someone like us and we know like as a player exactly what's happening. Right. And our character and no one in the party would have any reason to know it. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Just sit there on that. (laughs) So what does happen is once again terrifying. Uh, A humanoid host can carry only one slot egg to term at a time important to know because over three months the egg moves to the chest cavity gestates and forms a slot tadpole in the 24 per- 24 hour period before giving birth the host starts to feel unwell the speed is halved it has disadvantage on attack rolls ability checks and saving throws and at birth the tadpole chews its way through vital organs and out of the host chest in one round killing the host in the process if the disease is cured before the tadpole's emergence, the unborn slot is disintegrated. So really easy to get rid of yeah. if you know what's going on. Yeah, a but lesser restoration, paladin land hands for five points. Anything. I mean, yeah, yeah those those two things, are yeah. definitely the main ones. Anything that gets rid of a disease, which is not that hard. Right. It just completely eliminates it. But you have no reason to know about it. You just know. And it's such a great thing as a DM because you literally just sit on that note. For weeks and weeks and weeks until you do, again, three months later, you just kind of go, hey, uh, today you have disadvantage on all of your attack rolls, all of your ability checks. You feel absolutely awful. If you want to be nice, you could start describing how there's like basically an alien chest, whatever, what are they called? I haven't seen alien in forever. It doesn't matter. Xenomorph. Yeah, you got a xenomorph like kind of like going around through your chest and everyone's like, whoa, that's messed up. Maybe we should cut that out or try something i don't know yeah i know cut that out it's not a happy thought no it's D &D world (laughs) it's really not so they have general anesthesia no they've got alcohol (laughs) so you can reduce them to zero hit points and stabilize them oh there we go once they're stable no but then when you cut them out you're you're critting them (laughs) causing death fails you just make one really 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 accurate critical hit and then you grab the tadpole any dm worth his is gonna say it that that kills you <laughs> no i let it keep going it's like you you killed him i mean you got the tadpole's gone he's dead unless somebody makes a point for like oh, i'm a medical doctor and i'm a surgeon and i roll medicine 27 all right maybe but yeah <laughs> other than that i mean so i just i don't even know like i feel like if i did not know what a slot was and I just, you know, three months later, you start feeling sick. It has, you have no connection to this. Right. You have no reason to think that this is anything important. And you're just like, huh, today my character feels awful. I wonder what's going on. The next session, the DM's like, you wake up, uh, a tadpole bursts out of your chest, 
eats your organs and you're dead now. Game over. Sorry, <laughs> roll a new character. Yeah. So do you like I, warn them before? I would like I'm, so I'm trying to put myself in that situation where uh-huh. if I was playing and everything's fine and chugging along and nothing weird has happened recently, and then all of a sudden I'm being told, "Hey, you feel particularly unwell today. Mm-hmm. You feel like shit. Your head is foggy. You have no strength. Here is a bunch of mechanical terrible things happening to right. you," and the DM ends it there. I mean, that's really out of the ordinary in D&D. The right. party is going to sit on that. They're going to think on it. I hope so. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna try shit. <laughs> Dude, you're just, like, you just got go, a cold. It's fine. Like, <laughs> maybe you contracted something. Let me try a lesser restoration. They're, they're not going to know they're fixing right. it, but they probably will figure but it out. But you could definitely play that up still, yeah. because maybe the slot thing was a couple of weeks ago, months, whatever, um, weeks in game, either way, um, you have it so that that last lesser restoration is cast. And now the person like basically spits up a fetal tadpole and it's like, Whoa, what just happened? And now maybe they realize that the slot infestation is actually a lot bigger of a threat than they originally thought. Because then you had to think back on, all right, that was a town we can rid these things from. They attacked a bunch of people, but no one died. Mm-hmm. And then you go back to the, to the town. Town, <laughs> town of slots. Right. Yeah. Red slots, green slots, blue slots, all the slots. I mean, that's... that's Two fish. <laughs> ah. Ah. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> but I think that's actually Jokes. kind of... Like, there's the mechanic there. Long-running mechanics don't really play out in D&D perfectly. You gotta, no. You got to be creative. You have to be creative. So the as idea, a DM, you got to give hints. The idea, I think, is a little bit of this is a very good thing to throw uh, into your NPCs. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's, yeah, whenever we have this stuff, we always seem to first start talking about from the per- perception of giving it to a player perspective. It's, it's funnier. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is just like the banner how like swallowing something and uh-huh. they're not dying. It's like, yeah, that's probably more meant for NPCs. Right. I think this is as well. I would agree, but you're still going to have to fight a red slot. Yeah. So like, how is the PC going to know that at some point? I mean, DC 14 con saving throw isn't that high. And if PCs will do anything, it's if you throw a fun mechanic for you at them, they're going to just succeed every single one of those. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it's still like something that's going to potentially come up. And how do you do that? I mean, how do you run that as a DM? Because there is the one school of thought to just say, well, I'm going to I'm going to give them the really low perception check and they're going to see that the egg was put in there. Or you can let it boo. go. Right. <laughs> boo. That's boring. You know, you want you've got all of this flavor in this this intense session that this can build up to that you can really use very very well on a pc you're totally right though this is most likely going to be used on an npc first in some way maybe they'll encounter it in some way and i think you can use that that would be fun uh or actually, just to sow um paranoia and discord in your party so you you make them (laughs) Best thing in D&D. Yeah. I was saying, just a reminder, here at Monsters and Multiclass, we want you to dunk on your players at every opportunity. <laughs> of course, yeah. So you make them aware of it. You watch this happen to an NPC. You you show them the alien chest-bursting moments and all its terrifying glory. Mm-hmm. And maybe it happens to like 10 NPCs at once in a tavern or something. And you fight them all. And your players get hit and scratched by these things and maybe even give them that freebie of, yeah, you think you saw something injected in you. Mm. And they'll probably 
try everything they have and kind of figure it out of doing the five points of land hands or lesser restoration or whatever. Even a greater restoration. Yeah. They don't know. Yeah. And if you're fighting 10 of these challenge rating five slots, you're going to be probably having greater restoration. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. So right. you they do that and you say, okay, yeah, you did that. You don't feel any different. They wouldn't. Right. They would feel no different. Right, right, right. And then they just have to think for three months. It's like, am I okay? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> is this... Is it out of me? Three months. <laughs> More like literally forever until they fucking find the expert on slods. Right. But I will say if they uh, terminate the slod in once the disease has progressed to the 24 hour period, I would totally make them notice like you had a slot in you. Yeah. But that initial, yeah, that'd be a cool way to freak them out. The other thing, though, is as a DM, you just have to know your party. If nobody's got the means to cure a disease in your party, mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm going to throw three uh, red slods at them, you infect the entire party with slod disease. You're like, <laughs> my players are so dumb, not figuring this out immediately. Three months later, <laughs> they die in a different cave because they're same. all sick. Yeah, you like wait until they're out in the wilderness, <laughs> hours, days away from any civilization, and you're just like, huh, that's right. They're all infected with slods. <laughs> we run to the city. You can't. You're slow. Oh. <laughs> that's right. Your movement speed is halved. Oh my god, that's mean. Yeah. So don't do that. Just don't do remember, that. Remember, <laughs> you know, cure disease is not thing a thing a lot of classes have. Yeah. Right. But I mean, I feel like you're going to get at least one person in every party, and it's always possible that you don't. But like, lesser restoration is a pretty widely available spell, is it not? Not Paladins, really. clerics, not wizards, of course. Uh, bards, definitely. I think druids. Or has that been bards a would have to magical secrets? Though. Okay, it might be. All right, that's fine. I mean, it might be a magical secrets. Just pull it up. I know paladins do. I know clerics do, and I know druids do. So that's three. That's a quarter of the classes in D anD. d Paladins get their cure disease thing through the, and oh, they get Jesus. it different ways okay. too. Bard, cleric, druid, paladin, ranger, artificers, if you're using them, uh, life domain clerics get it for free, and oath of devotion gets it for free. Okay, so about half of the classes in D and D are going to have access to lesser restoration. Um. Oh, okay. No, it does cure disease. I, I yes, misread that's it the first part. Yeah, yeah. cures a disease or a condition, yeah. which just really makes you wonder, like. Are, is, is getting sick a poor person thing in D&D? Because, like, the richest What's man... What's the cost in, on lesser? Is that... It's nothing. No, it's, it's not just nothing. verbal and somatic. There's it no doesn't ma- have anything. No material. No, no material. It's There's a no second-level spell. Yeah. So if you can't pay your local cleric, like, 10 gold... 10 like, gold's, like, what a peasant would make in their entire lifetime. Uh, that's a little bit of a stretch. 10 gold is what a peasant makes in about 10 weeks. I don't think that's true. Yeah, well... We're not I here mean, to. It's talk. all in the player handbook. Yeah, we're not here to talk economics, but he's grabbing the DM screen. Uh oh, which has it on it. it? It doesn't talk about how much you make. <laughs> how much, how much you, make? I thought it does lifestyle. It does have lifestyle. Yes, lifestyle is like a traveler. Like if you stayed in hotels and ate at restaurants no, no. all the time. Is it? Not really. Uh, is it, As is an it? adventurer, you are understood to be different. Yeah, this isn't that. It, it doesn't matter. Point is. <laughs> Point is. Only poor people get sick. Because if you have a cold, you're going to be like, oh, please, give me a lesser restoration. This is so annoying. Or is it like, oh, no, it, it actually doesn't cure, like, really minor ones. You still have to deal with that shit. Yeah, it might not even count as a disease mechanically. <laughs> <laughs> I need a big book of diseases in 5e. I think there's only a couple in the DMG. Link us a Kickstarter. <laughs> um, all right, so that's the red slot. We talked about how yes. they... 
yes. reproduce. Yeah, so the tadpole, if it makes it out, within 2d12 hours, it turns into either a green slot, if the host was origi- able to cast third-level spells or higher, or a blue slot, which is the next one on the list. Next challenge rating up at challenge rating 7. This guy's a big behemoth. Um, he, he's probably the most frog-looking, toad-looking. Right, he's sure. got a ribbit to him. Yeah, and also, I just, just to point out your argument... I've been saying this is our biggest stress for the summer frogs. And you said, well, it does say they're toad-like. Yeah. Toads aren't frogs. I know, I know, I know. But I'm saying, it is, you're correct that it is still our biggest stretch. Yes. But it's not like they're salamanders. I know, the red slot's kind of salamander. No, it's still toad-like. Uh, you can, the, the blue toad-like one. describes people, dude. <laughs> the he blue and toad-like, green. old wizard. The blue and green are toad-like. The red, the gray... And the death slot, spoilers, guess, um, <laughs> are salamander-like. They're just the primary color. Not that Kevin. any of this Everybody matters. This that. is an arbitrary made-up time period that we're doing here. It doesn't matter, man. <laughs> it's the summer of frogs. Just live. Just go with it. Just, just go yeah, with it. They're frog-like. Right, it's, yeah, it's all good. All right, just blue. don't touch the white frog. What? That's a, that's a, a Woodstock joke. a brown was it brown? Okay. Brown acid. That's the brown LSD. Okay. Right? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> you can tell we weren't alive in 1969. <laughs> so we that one, <laughs> it, it's basically the same idea. It's a little bit beefier, higher armor class, higher hit points. 15 and 123. Right. 20 strength. Which is really good. Yeah. Um, but its its way of reproduction is different. Um, so humanoid must succeed on a DC 15 constitution saving throw, or it becomes infected with chaos phage, 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 phage. Sure. Yeah, I'm not good at pronouncing phage. things. Can't regain HP. It's basically mummy rot. Like we talked about, you can't regain HP and your max HP is reduced by three D six every 24 hours. If reduced to zero, you are instantly transformed into a red slot or green if you cast or green slot can only be reversed by a wish. This one's a lot easier to get as a PC, I feel like. Yeah, no, if, something's wrong. Right, if your max HP is reducing every 24 hours, somebody's going to be like, we should probably use some restoration spells on them because that's what does yeah. this. It'll happen a lot quicker, though. 3d6. That's a lot. I mean, an average of 10 every every day. Like, <laughs> I mean, like it's a challenge rating 7. So, if I mean, if it's by itself, like we're a party of level 5s right now. I have mm-hmm. 40 health. Yeah. I mean, four days. Yeah. And I guess that I would mean, be it, yeah. pretty reasonable for you to fight one slot. Huh. I was thinking I'd have to wait a bit for these guys, but maybe, <laughs> maybe you guys are fighting a slot next week. How many people do we have with cure disease? Oh yeah. Like all of them, man. Well, not if you're Three all unconscious you, yeah. and reducing your max HP. Ah, if you're all unconscious and dying, you <laughs> won't. This doesn't have that little up. fun caveat of you can't restore hit points. So you could go unconscious with this and come back. It says that well infected, the target can't regain HP. Oh shit! Yeah, right. it's just mummy rot. Guys. Yeah, it's, it's just, just mummy rot. And instead of turning to dust, you turn into a slot, which is arguably worse. Yeah, because at least dust can't kill your friends. No. Yeah, unless you're allergic. Ooh, that'd be bad. <laughs> My like, one so, flaw: you just write that into your character sheet. Allergic to dust. Approximately so five yeah. pounds of dust. Will yeah, me. so allergic to dust, you die from it. Yeah, I don't know how they would have survived up to that point. <laughs> it's only large amounts. Jungle yeah. man, just live in the jungle. I don't have dust there. It's got like ninety-five percent humidity. All oh, long. it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Green slots. Let's move uh, on. To wait, that. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, there's something we all actually forgot. Their magic resistance isn't just magic resistance. It's also they're resistant to all magic damage. 
worth noting. What do you mean? Acid, cold, fire, lightning, and thunder. Oh. This is all slots. That's Slotty. true. Yeah. And so then, even if they fail a saving throw, which would be very difficult, they're still going to have resistance to whatever damage you throw at them. Yeah, unless you're a psychic wizard or whatever. Yeah, this is a pretty good dunk on your wizard. Uh, yeah, enemy. these are brutal for casters. Mm-hmm. So yep, just one. Yeah, all of them have the same regeneration, same magic resistance. Mm-hmm. Okay. They speak slot and telepathy. So green, green slots are a little different, and one interesting thing for them is that they can change into a humanoid and i believe it's um the humanoid specifically that they came out of they have the they can just go back and forth between slot mode and human mode yep. so that opens up a whole new door because i don't think we talked about this really <clears throat> what's the point of slots what do they do they like to spread chaos they like to spread chaos what better way to spread chaos than turning into a person and being able to just mess with everybody in whatever way i mean in that you can just I can put that into a million settings where you, I'm always going to use the, you come into a village because that's simple and hand wavy. You come into a village, there are problems happening. Turns out the problem is green slot, kill green slot, success, hooray, party wins. That's a really basic way of putting it, but like you can take that formula and put it into hundreds of different things. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, their stats are very different. Um, yeah, they're, they're the spellcasters. They are the spellcasters. So, they have one that I kind of like. It's it's basically a cantrip, but they can use it twice. Is the hurl flame um, range spell attack only plus four to hit, which is really low. Three d six fire damage ignites objects that aren't being worn or carried. It's not absolutely amazing, but it's interesting that they have again basically a cantrip that they can do twice per round. Right. Yeah. They, they, it's part. It could be a multi attack. Right. And then they have other innate spell casting. Fireball, fear, invisibility, detect magic, detect thoughts, and mage hand. I feel like those at will ones of detect magic, detect thoughts, and mage hand are going to be more useful in the lead up that oh, I, sure. I just yeah. described. Yeah. Where yeah, they can use that to again further sow chaos for a long time. They just read somebody's thoughts, and now they know that they're really worried about their their wife cheating on them. <laughs> and so, what do they do? They, they go, infected with slot poison. They don't infect it with slot poison. They're trying to infect an area, society, with chaos. And that's a really good way to start. Yeah. Just make people's deepest fears come true. And you can read their minds and figure out those deepest fears. Especially when you killed somebody that they specifically care about. And you can turn into that humanoid. So I, I think there's yeah. a lot of ways to use the green one. Yeah, for sure. You brought up some points that made me realize we somewhat skipped over the origin of the slotty. Or slotty, the slots. <laughs> I, I never <laughs> thought if I can say this. We uh, skid past it, yeah. yeah. Did we? I thought we... I, I briefly covered it. So uh, Limbo is a, another plane of existence that's pure chaos. And Mechanus, who is the god of the Mordrons, 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 a completely lawful mechanical race, felt like they wanted to fix it. So he set adrift the stone into Limbo with the thought of their lawful energy will spread out and bring tame the chaos of limbo and over time it has allowed various lawful races to create settlements in limbo and start doing that but for whatever reason the the stone worked by absorbing the chaos of limbo somewhat corrupting it and then producing slots slotty and i just love it's, it because it like it basically is like and then more was kind of like well you know 
Shit yeah, happens. Yeah, he refuses <laughs> to really acknowledge them. Right. Either not thinking they are a threat or just ignoring their existence entirely. It's kind of weird. It's like a yeah. disappointed father. Right. Where he's just like, oh, yeah, that's the that's the son who could never play football. Yeah, so since Slotty are born of pure chaotic energy out of this corrupted lawful stone, which has been dubbed the spawning stone, that is their entire existence. They, they want to just spread chaos. Right. One really, really interesting thing, though, is that to me, that screams chaotic evil. Mm-hmm. They're chaotic neutral. Yep. Hmm. Except for Which is truly nice. just chaos. I think that gives they, you... They don't seem to lean one way or the other. I get the impression that means they don't really have selfish intent. Mm-hmm. Any individual slot does not care about themselves. Right. Just as long as there is more chaos in the world, they are happy. More chaotic for the bad guys, more chaotic for the good guys whatever so So i find that just kind of interesting no that's extremely interesting and and gives you even more options to use the uh the green slot specifically but i'm just kind of lost like i feel like chaos inevitably leads to bad but maybe that's the well go tell that to like wood elves or something like that to what like chaotic good wood elves for instance what is chaotic good it's like a wood elf Okay. It's all cool, man. And it does lead to bad shit if you right. don't have somebody like saying no, there have to be rules. Like okay. it's the rambunctiousness that creates artists and stuff like that. Right. right you right. can't have people smoking dope and doing weird <laughs> stuff <laughs> ruling your society. But right. without it, it's a boring society. Right. Chaotic good is just like a aspect to it, man, you know? All right. All right. Okay. I, I would love to see the uh the hippie green slot. <laughs> that, that's definitely a, no, he's a, a play on it. Chaotic neutral. Those guys are just evil. So, so that's just, but they're not evil. That's no, my entire are. point. Yeah. So to, I guess to go further with it, I, I, the good evil spectrum in D&D, I always saw it as selfless versus selfish. Mm-hmm. You are doing things with the intent of helping others versus things to help yourself. Neutral, you're kind of just as likely to go either way. Right. Okay. Um, so they're chaotic neutral. So they are neutral on the good evil spectrum. But the, their main thing is to just, spread chaos it's not necessarily even to their own benefit it's probably often to their own detriment Hmm. it's just all they want to do this makes me think that a chaotic neutral player would be awful yeah and they always are that's why it's called chaotic stupid (laughs) (laughs) i thought that was chaotic evil no no you don't let someone play chaotic evil right the the person who wants to play chaotic evil you slap them down and they come back with chaotic neutral and you know what it is it's chaotic, it's chaotic evil? Ne- evil with a neutral on it. <laughs> <laughs> Just bullshit. Don't let. I was a chaotic neutral uh, bard. When was that? That was a uh, Vontavius was chaotic oh. neutral. But it fits for a certain kind of kind of douchebag. It's like a douchebaggy character. Yeah, I mean, I guess we we always say like if this thing happens, just shut it down. But I mean, there's there's always like, but if you trust your player then it's fine. Right. You know, it's it's not a big deal. I'm chaotic evil, and yes, that means I'm going to, you know, just do everything in my best interest. But, you know, a lot of times the, the party's interest is also my best interest long term. I mean, chaotic doesn't have to mean that you have no foresight. Right. No. Yeah, it just means you rebel against the rule of law. Right. You, you don't want to be under a system. You don't want to abide to someone else's laws. You just kind of do what you feel in the moment. Right. So point is, as long as you trust your players, you can do a lot. But most of the time, I, I yeah, I, I don't trust them. Never trust your players. <laughs> All right. Zooming back to the slide, because yeah, I do yes. want to cover something. Okay. This is a bit of a taxonomy kind of examination. This is a large aberration. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've just discussed what this creature is, and it is 
the textbook definition of an aberration. It's a thing that went super wrong and now exists on the material plane. Right. So this is, you'll, you'll see aberrations throughout the monster manual. It's not common, but it exists. This is really the best example, example in my mind of an aberration in this world. Just like a mistake, like an intergalactic mistake (laughs) that someone was too busy to fix. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then next up is the gray slot. Yes, which the green slots have the chance to ultimately transform into. So yeah, the green slot don't they don't produce other slots. That's in the realm of the red and blue. After that they don't reproduce really. The green slot will transform into a gray slot. It's a little ambiguous about it. It just talks about their certain knowledge right. they have to gain and once they gain it they instantly transform into the gray slot. What I thought was interesting about that is it it also doesn't ex- or say explicitly that they're motivated to become a gray slot. It doesn't say right. like, oh, after they learn and after they seek out this knowledge, it just kind of happens. Yeah, I, going back to that whole chaotic neutral, they just want to spread chaos. Right. My guess is, yeah, they don't seek it out. Yeah, it's like almost kind of like a thing of their design. Like, uh, it's a real world allegory, like ants, and mm-hmm. no individual ant really wants anything. Right. But like as a whole, based on like following pheromone trails and everyone has their own kind of little thing, it kind of works as this large scale thing of these ants being able to work together to build these crazy, um, not societies, but, you know, systems and yeah, systems and go out and get food and attack other colonies and all, all that sort of stuff, even though no one in Japan wants things. Right. This is kind of almost like an evolution uh, in that sense where they need gray slots. They need more powerful slots to accomplish what they need. Right. But none of them really has that kind of ambition themselves. So there, here's this kind of high bar where it's set in such a way where eventually green slots will accidentally cross it. Right. And then boom, gray slot. That's really cool. It's like space ants, man. (laughs) Space ants, but a different plane entirely and not space. Whatever. So, gray slots. We got challenge rating 9, uh, armor class 18, HP 127. Once again, it just keeps going up here. Um, they actually lose some spell casting. It's interesting. They they turn, I, because of the fact they turn from a green to a gray, you'd think, oh, they're a better spellcaster now. But really, they lose some of that spellcasting ability and make up for it in their martial ability. Where also, they, their stats are just universal. Like, they're more intelligent. Right. So, it's kind of more like being promoted to leadership. They also get smaller. Which is yes. weird. They become mediums. Yeah. But then they can also just get a greatsword now. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's just <laughs> such a weird... I don't know where, like... Where, where the greatsword comes from. Yeah, where any of it comes from, really. Um, they get magical attacks. Cool. All right. That's something. Yeah, they, they can still shape change. <laughs> right. They have the same amount of spells. They lose when their hurl play, flame. They lose their hurl, yeah. which I'm not saying is particularly great, but they lose it. Um, they get more fireballs. Which is something. They get fly. I mean, it's yeah. it's not bad. It just, it isn't like a huge leap in power, but it's it's definitely a change in, well, in the structure of it. It's them. also not a huge leap in power. Yeah. They're challenge rating nine. Like the, right. The gradient is very, very fine here on the entire slot scale. Mm-hmm. Which is good, especially if you're like trying to build up to some slot army arc. Uh, you know, even if you're not, it's actually great for like a level 10 party. You can throw a bunch of red slots at them. You can throw a death slot at them. You're doing great. It's a very, very focused kind of niche, in my opinion, because there is no slot boss. Spoiler alert, everybody. <laughs> so 
So then I believe the only way for gray slots to become death slots, which is the peak and again, not a boss slot, but one challenge rating higher. Yeah. (laughs) One challenge rating higher and a little bit stronger is by eating the corpse of a dead death slot. Yeah. So it's almost like there's a, like a specific amount of death slots. You can't have any more or less. Yeah. That's the impression I got. Yeah. And unless one, well, one of one dies in isolation and there's no gray slot to eat it. I don't want to think about it. It's not important. Yeah, then, then the spawning sub takes care of it. Sure. But, but to continue, I don't <laughs> like... Um, it's not like they're... How they want to... There's not really a want to progress through the ranks. Mm-hmm. I would kind of more see it if a death slot dies in the presence of a gray slot. It's almost like instinct. Right. Even, even though they are very intelligent of 13, it, there's still just kind of that automatic instinctual thing to go and just eat the death slot, and now that's you. Right. It's... um Okay, interesting, actually. It's, it's kind of like a really just gruesome version of the mordrons because the mordrons have very clear ranks oh, as well right where, like you have the ones that are just a square and then the like um the duo drones or whatever where it's they, get more, they get more sides or something yeah pretty <laughs> much and then there's the tridons and and it keeps going up and up and up in rank and when one of those dies the next closest one the rank down magically transforms into that rank and then something moves up to transform take that one's place right and goes all the way back to the birth where then a new lowest level rank is born yeah so it's kind of like in a vein of that just a lot more gruesome right huh i wonder if that was on purpose i'm sure it was on purpose because they're also they're they're pretty much the opposite of the mordrons right they were created by them who are being beings of complete lawfulness and these are ones of complete chaos hmm and I'm I would probably guess the Morjons are lawful neutral. I don't I don't have them up in front of me, but I would guess as well. That'd be weird if they weren't, to be honest. So, just, okay. Just mechanically doesn't affect anything, just kind no. of a neat neat no, thing is. there. That so, is. That could be kind of a cool like long arc or maybe even a campaign where you're sort of between stuck between the Morjons and the slods. And it's like for the material plane, for like the human races and human like races, both are kind of terrible. Right. Because like the, the Mordrons, their idea of lawfulness does not really gel with human and elf and dwarf no. life. Right. But obviously the slods. Chaos does not either. <laughs> really? Huh. Yeah. Well, you know, so, might, might need to get a poll for that one. We'll see. <laughs> it is worth noting that you do flip back to chaotic evil here. Oh, really? The death yes. slots? Oh, that is worth noting. Well, death slots. And that's why I, that's like when I read this first, I was like, that makes kind of sense. Like th- this would be a limited one. Yeah. So this is kind of like the ultra slot. Hmm. I mean, so that is interesting. So they obviously are more going to be just again, uh, pure evil. They're trying to sow evil. What's that? You had a, a moment. Yeah. I mean, I'm just <laughs> rereading. I did read this and I forgot about it. They're, they just have like a little one little paragraph. That slotty are suffused of energy from the negative plane and exemplify evil's corruption of chaos. And they take sadistic pleasures in bringing harm to others. They propagate the race by dragooning mobs of red and blue slotty and invading other planes. Humanoids who survive the incursion become incubators for new slotty. Okay. So, like so it's almost like without the death slot, the other ones may not even bother coming to the material plane. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's like, ah, we're getting philosophical here on Monsters Multiclass. Ooh. It's the injection of evil in the death slot is really what harnesses chaos for ill will and evil intents for the material plane of the non-chaotic races without it. It doesn't really specifically say that. I'm just kind of going out of the limb. Well, but. I mean, because <laughs> the material plane is inherently a little bit lawful, 
introducing this level of chaos into it is just going to be mostly on the evil spectrum because you're just taking law and you're just completely turning it on its head because you've got all these slots coming in. But again, if they didn't come into the material plane or if they just came in without this death slot at all, it might not be as big of a deal. So yeah. hmm. I think it's a turning into my favorite monster discussion. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a, it's been a while since we got philosophical. So I don't think we've ever had on this. <laughs> Uh, it's no, not really our wheelhouse. No. <laughs> we're pretty done, man. Uh, yeah. All right. So all I remember, I'm like trying to like pull back from my my one philosophy class I took like three years ago, and I'm, I just have names. Like there was Descartes. He was you're an accounting ago. major. Yeah, and they still made me take a philosophy class. Didn't stick. Why, all right. Why would it? it wasn't so, very good. It wasn't very good. <laughs> one other distinction I would kind of make, especially in this case, about the difference between chaotic neutral and chaotic evil is an impetus to spread chaos might not exist in chaotic neutral. Right. Whereas chaotic right. evil overwhelms and corrupts and drives yeah. you so much that you have to be chaotic. Mm-hmm. You have to make everyone around you chaotic. Right. And that's why yeah. Will is and has always been chaotic evil. <laughs> Lawful evil, thank yeah. you. So yeah, that, that's exactly what I'm saying about this. He twists his mustache. <laughs> it's gonna get huge. Um, but yeah, that's but, an interesting. It'd be interesting to see how they kind of interact. But they're all evil frog monsters, so they all seem the same. Right. Moving back to just the stat block of it, Death Slot isn't anything too new from the Gray Slot. It gets stronger, it gets more spell casting, where it can do cloud kill and plane shift. But beyond that, it's not that much more interesting. He it's just also stronger. gets a great sword. No, the, the Gray Slot also has a great sword. Though. I know. So it just continues to have a great sword. Which is weird. Yeah, this he, one gets he, necrotic damage? Right. Yeah. Okay. It does more damage. Again, it's just like an upgrade. 170 HP, 18 armor class. And he's so still It's just better. Well, it's just more HP, actually. Yeah, hits harder. Right. But, but it, yeah, nothing still shape changing. But it actually, I mean, you said earlier there is no slot boss. There actually is. This is it. Yeah. He kind of is. He's the one who's calling the shots and he's like, hey, you guys go here. Let's if you if you beat a gray slot, there is almost no reason you can't beat a death slot. Unless you've already been fighting a bunch of gray slots. <laughs> yeah. And then and then yeah, you might might not want to. But it's, it really is an interesting level gradient from 5 to 10 here. Mm-hmm. So. No, it gives you a lot to work with. So, yeah. That's that's all I've got on the slot, at least. I don't think there's anything more. You guys got anything else? No. No? I don't think so. Cool. Oh, the um, control gem variant. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, it's an optional variant where it's saying the slot could have a control gem in them. Um I, I didn't actually find this all that interesting. And there's various ways to get it out of them. And yeah. then if you have it, you could control that slot. Yeah, it seems like something to definitely use is like somebody is controlling slot. That's it. Right. Don't ever let your PCs control slot. <laughs> like there's definitely rules around it. If somebody's proficient in medicine can remove the gem from an incapacitated slot. Each try requires blah, 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 blah. Point is it's possible. Don't do it. Don't let your PCs do that. <laughs> what if it's a naval campaign? Mm, okay then do it that's actually a great reason you got me there yeah all of our advice inverts if you are running an evil campaign yeah <laughs> we should do that sometime uh, yeah, we should maybe after this one but yeah the control stone thing really does seem like if you're really really eyeing the slot and be like this would be so cool so cool in my dungeon but why would it be in my dungeon right 
BBEG's got it. Now he's got a now he's got a slot army. Right. All right. Cool. That's it. Good to move on. Cool. Move on to our end of the show. Yes. Thanks for listening. Woohoo. <laughs> next time on Monsters and Multiple. Join us next time as we discuss the Rogue Sorcerer Multiclass and the Grungs from Bolo's Guide to Monsters.